Colossians chapter number two. And if I can get verses eight through 23, AMPC version. Notice we have been talking about, and you can write this down if you have not had a chance to write it down or hear the message, but messages we have been talking about trapped by your traditions. Will you say that? Trapped by your traditions. And we're talking about those who have been hindered from living in the freedom whereby Christ has set them free because of the doctrines of men. In other words, it's because of what man has handed down is what has hindered many believers from walking in the freedom whereby Christ has set them free. And we got our text, or our text is found in Mark chapter 7, literally verses between pericope of 1 uh, through 13. And uh, we covered a significant amount of information. And where we left off, I want to pick up, I want to pick up where we left off. And we left off at verse uh, 13. Um, let, let's read Mark 7, 13 first. Let's do that. Making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down, and many such things you do. So I want to elaborate a little bit more on and many such things you do. If you remember throughout this passage, uh, the religious leaders was accusing Jesus' disciples of not ritual washing their hands. <laughs> and it, it wasn't done to clean their hands. It was more of a show to look religious. It's something that they imposed beyond the law that they were trying to hold or bind man by. And even at one point, Jesus called them hypocrites because under the law, a young man, as we move on down in that text, there was a young man who declared Corbin. And under the law of Moses, a young man had the responsibility to honor his parents. And honor is not just being respectful of what they say and do this and do that, but there was a responsibility, daughter, to also support them financially as they became older. Okay? But what the religious leaders had imposed above the law was that if you declare Corbin, and, and see, even in that day when you made a vow to the Lord, you had to keep it. So they said if you say Corbin, then that money could be taken and be used in the temple. But they were not doing what they were supposed to do with it. But beyond that, that was something that they imposed. Therefore, disregarding or laying aside the commandment to honor your parents, if you say, Corbin, hey, I can do this. No, but the, the, the law was honor your parents. And Jesus called them what? Hypocrites. Actors under an assumed character. Spiritual phonies. And they were more impressed. Watch this man's tradition. They were more impressed with how they appeared to be rather than really loving God from the heart. Are you with me? Now, a couple of things that we ascertain under that. Now, again, we're talking about what? Trapped by your traditions. And the part we want to look at today is that 
how we have been freed from religious requirements. <laughs> we have been freed from religious requirements. What do you mean? Doing things as a requirement to measure up to God or to be righteous uh, unto God or even to receive our salvation. We're going to see this. Are you here? Now, again, this is very important because when we hold to those things that were traditionally literally means things handed down or things passed down from one generation to the next. So when we hold or cling to man-made traditions, it makes the word of God of no effect in our lives. And I share that word with you in weeks past. That word effect, it means to deprive of authority or to counsel out. So when we cling to, as sincere as you may be, when you cling to man's tradition, it makes the word null and void. In other words, you can be saved, but that portion of the word is not working for you because I'm not in agreement with the word. I'm rather in agreement with what man said. That's why we mentioned on last week by way of Holy Spirit, he said we have to be careful of things that man hand down that goes against the word lest we fall into idolatry. And idolatry is when you have placed anybody or anything above God. And we see through our passage of scriptures in Matthew, excuse me, Mark 7, that these, notice, they laid aside the commandments of God for man's tradition. See, idol worship. Why? Because now they're worshiping man's way above God's way. Now, why is this so important that, that it makes the word of God no effect? Be, listen, this is essential to you living in agreement with God. Are you with me? And what we should be preaching is the gospel of Jesus. <laughs> Matthew, Mark, Luke, John is not the gospel of Jesus. They bear witness or testimony to the life of Jesus. The gospel of Jesus is what happened as a result of Jesus coming, dying, being buried, raised again, ascended, and seated next to the Father. That's the gospel. It's what took place as a result of Jesus coming. What took place as a result of him being raised from the dead. What that means for you and I, that's the gospel. What happened as a result? And I submit to you, much of what has been passed down in a lot of these or in a lot of denominations or what has been promulgated as well as perpetrated is man's religion, not the gospel. Because the gospel is a liberating message, but tradition and religion binds you to what man has said. Are you guys here? See, see again, I, I, I can, I, there's going to be some tension because we said when you start breaking away from man's tradition, when you start breaking away from religion, and what I mean by religion is man trying to make himself right or work himself right by what he does. Are you here? 
So watch this. We, 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 and see, the, the thing about religion, it, oh, listen to this. And you can see this throughout the Gospels. Religion micromanages you through the controlling of at what works. How about shot? It controls you or it micromanages you. This is by way of Holy Spirit. <clears throat> through the controlling of outward work. You didn't wash your hands. See, now, now we go back and wash your hands. Well, now we're trying to control you through outward works. See, they were more concerned about appearance and looking the part than being authentic. And see, that's what is happening in a lot of our denominations today. It's not really the gospel being there. Now, let me clear this up. The, the gospel is being preached. But at the same time, there are denominations or there are uh, uh, buildings or places of worship where the gospel isn't being preached. We're talking about the liberty whereby Christ has set you free. So, so it, religion is more worried about the image it promotes than what actually is or what the Word of God says. Are you here? It micromanages you through the controlling of outward works. You have to look like this. You have to dress like that. Cover this up. Cover that up. Don't wear this. Don't wear that. Do this so many times. It's, it's a bunch of, and it wears you out. So when people run to other stuff where there's no burden, not that it's right what they're running to, they feel a sense of freedom. Because nobody's judging me <laughs> because I don't look like them. Ah. Are you guys here? So, and notice there's been some correcting going on in the body of Christ. Because we are closer to the return of Christ now than we were when we first believed. And the, you're going to begin to see the gospel message, man of God, in its pureness begin to be taught more prevalent because God is trying to liberate people and get the people ready. Yeah. So you're going to meet opposition. There's going to be agitation. <laughs> what the, uh, who remembers what you're going to come up against? Religious, what, ostracism. They're going to talk about you. And see, this is what gets me. People are so, you, you, listen, you have to study Mark 7. And you can see just how deep of a hole, man, notice, they usurp their tradition. It supplanted God's truth. And they went with what man, do you know how strong that is? That's why now even certain denominations, they have their own schools. 
See, see, the whole purpose of seminary is for us to learn how to rightly divide Scripture, not be indoctrinated with how this denomination runs. See, see, because now we're using Scripture to justify some tradition that you have imposed in this organization. Yeah. That's why when you go over here, it's totally when we should pretty much look the same. But don't you dare go back and get entangled in the yoke of bondage. Because, listen, man can put such a fear on you that when you start walking in this freedom, you'll start questioning whether or not God really set you free. But you got to be determined enough and bold enough. I've seen the truth and the light of revelation and the truth of God's word, and I'm going to walk therein, and I'm not going to let any apostle, any prophet, any pastor, any teacher, any evangelist put me back in bondage. Submit half of them have no idea what they're talking about anyway, especially when they're taking you outside of the bounds of the truth of God's word and trying to get you to hold to it. So it micromanages you. Religion. <laughs> Got to be perfect to serve. If you don't tithe, you can't usher. See, micromanaging. Tithe now, honor God. You got things you're working on. You can't do that. See, micromanaging. Are you here? You're dyeing your hair. You're cutting your hair. Micro. See, outward works. Let me tell you something. If you think that religion doesn't have a stronghold on people, you're sadly mistaken. Man is partly responsible for the gospel message not being taught correctly. Get out of here with that foolishness. And, and, and listen, we should be expressing the love of Christ. And, and see, it's hard to really show that. It, see, I can't show the love of Christ if I myself, daughter, am in bondage or fearful or afraid that if I don't walk just right. Are you guys here? Boy, I'm trying to get to Colossians. It makes the word of God, man of God, of no effect. So I'm not in agreement. And the new creation in Christ lives by the faith of Jesus. From the faith of Jesus. We live in agreement with what he done. Are you here? So, and I submit, so what's been handed down for a lot of people is just denominational traditions. You go in any church, and you could see where man has imposed his laws. 
Put this on your head before you walk in. Yeah, cover your head up. Uh, do this. Uh, 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 do that. <laughs> Wear this color. Do that. And, that. See, see, and you, you see, trying to make you. Same as wash your hands that we. That's a certain way you. Why don't, why don't those Shekinah Glorians dress like we dress? Huh? Why don't they wear white on the first Sunday? Because we free. That's why. Why? Why? Why don't they have communion every first Sunday? Because we're free. Hold on. And beyond that, the scripture says we can do it as often as we read. We, can do, we might do it on the fourth Sunday, the third Sunday. And see, even to, to, to the religious mind, this is heresy. <laughs> but they can't give you scripture what day you're supposed to. Are you here? Let's look at, some, let's look at something. But re, I want you, if you don't get anything, you get religion micromanages you through the control of outward works. And, and you, you know what? You, even why? Even see? Even with the tithing thing, and we've already talked about how you know, it's given out of recognition and revelation. You have people who will still command you to do it. See, putting fear in you. And don't you never ever believe another lie that a preacher tell you that things are breaking down because you didn't tithe. That, I don't know why the car broke down, but it didn't break down because I didn't give a tithe. Are you here? Didn't get one amen on it. You see how you, you, you stood? I don't know why, what happened to your body, but it didn't happen because you didn't give a tithe. Why? Because there are people who tithe cars break down. Bodies are afflicted behind in bills and some other things. And if you start giving it out of revelation and recognition, perhaps you'll start faring more well. Because giving it out of fear, you're not even in agreement. Why? Because you're doing it out of fear. It's fear-based. I'm not talking about that today. Are you here? There's going to be accusation. Agitation. Dissonance. Are you here? Religious ostracism. Look, look. Let's skip to, boy, Colossians. I want to deal with that in many such things you do. You guys here? So, so several years after the Colossian church was found, uh, there was a dangerous heresy that arose throughout Colossae. And it wasn't identified with any particular historical system. But here we have Apostle Paul. He's writing uh, from prison to encourage the Colossians against this heresy. But within the heresy that was being promulgated, there were elements that later became known as Gnosticism. And one of the things that they were teaching is that Jesus was merely less than God, 
uh, you know, he wasn't truly God, but he was less than God. Um, then, too, as a result, you had those who were believers were beginning to deny his true humanity. You got to remember, he's God in the flesh. Their thing was, no, he, he might be flesh, but he's not God in the flesh. Then, too, uh, what they taught is that a secret higher knowledge above Scripture. See, if it's above, now we're going back to idolatry was necessary for enlightenment and salvation. There were, then too, there were those embracing uh, various aspects, watch this, of Jewish legalism, circumcisions, things such as circumcision for salvation, observance of various ceremonial rituals in the Old Testament, the dietary laws, uh, uh, various festivals, Sabbaths, which was nothing more than a rigid asceticism. Asceticism is when you try to prove or try to become righteous by a bunch of works that you do. By looking, I mean, I fasted seven days, but did God tell you to do that? Some would even afflict their body to appear to be holy. Then there, there were those worshiping of angels and mystical experiences. Uh, uh, so you even have to be careful with those mystical experiences. Uh, you, you hear people, I don't know if they're still doing it, but some time ago people were talking about praying to your ancestors and things of that nature. You can pray to grandma, but grandma is not working anything for you. Matter of fact, the Bible, they were, the Bible tells us that you shouldn't try to conjure up the dead. Pray to the dead. It's another message. Are you here? So, and I gave you that because once you read this, you will see the various elements of. Then, too, what I want to get to is the portion about the Sabbath. See, people try to hold you to that. Well, if you're going to hold me to that, how come you're still not being circumcised like the Bible says to be circumcised? Okay, if you can hold me to that, okay, fellas, let's 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 go to it. let's do it the way they they weren't little babies. Come on, bruh. Watch this. Listen to what he's saying. See to it, verse eight, that no one carries you off as spoil or makes you yourselves what captive by his so-called philosophy and intellectualism and vain deceit, what idle fancies and plain nonsense, following what? Human tradition. That word human tradition can also, uh, it's the same as the, the commandments or doctrines of men. So it following what? The doctrines of men. What men's ideas, material, rather than spiritual. Just, cur uh, just crude notions following the rudimentary elementary teachings of the universe and disregarding the teachings of of Christ the Messiah. Verse 9, for in him dwell the whole, the, the whole fullness of deity. So here, uh, this portion, if you remember, uh, what the Gnostics were saying was, no, no, he, he, he's not fully God. Well, he tells us, in him. Verse 9, for in him, the whole what? Fullness of deity, the Godhead. Talking about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Continues to dwell in him bodily. Dwelling him bodily form, giving complete what? Expression of his divine nature. And you are in him, made full, and having come to fullness of life. 
in Christ, you too are filled with the God Father. Everybody said, Son and Holy Spirit. See, 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 it's some foolishness going on now, but you have to know who's in you. And he is the head of all rule and authority. Of every angelic principality, again, even the worship of angels. Are you here? In him, verse 11, in him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made with hands, but in spiritual circumcision performed by Christ by the stripping off of the body of the flesh. See, the reason why we don't have to go through that under what they were doing in the Old Covenant because Christ is our circumcision. Do you see this? Verse 12. Thus you were circumcised when you were what? Buried with him in your baptism in which you were also raised with him to a what? New life through your faith in the working of God. See, through your faith in his works. Not the working of what you do when he raised him from the dead. Verse 13. And you were dead in those trespasses in the uncircumcision of your flesh, your sensual, your uh, sinful corner nature. God brought to life together with Christ, having freely forgiven us of all what? He has freely forgiven us of what? Watch this. Past, present, and future. Not up until now. If he's given me up until now, he, there needs to be another sacrifice at Calvary's cross. If he's only giving me, Brother Damien, up until now, we need another death, burial, and resurrection. He here, forgiving us of all our transgressions. It's, some of you will get that in a minute. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. You people praying that, praying that religious prayer. Lord, forgive me for the things. Did I, I know I did? I didn't do and things I didn't know about him. He, forgiven. He's already forgiven you for that. Sins I did, sins I know, the things I didn't know that I was going to do that I did, and that was done. Didn't mean things I meant to do. Didn't mean to do. Didn't. <laughs> See, re, man, religion has 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 burdened the people. It has burdened the people, man. Having, oh, here we go. Verse 14. Having canceled and blotted out. Abba. Having canceled and blotted out and wiped away the handwriting of the note or the bond with its legal decrees and demands, which is in for which which was enforced, excuse me, and stood against us, they were hostile to us. This note with its regulations, decrees, and demands, he set aside. And, and cleared completely out of our way by nailing it to the cross. What, what, what did he just say? What he said, here's what he just said. Christ has removed all sin and penalty through his sacrifice. And because of this, 
there are no possible works that we can do or need to do in order to be made righteous with the Father. Let me tell you the one thing you need to do is believe in agreement with God. <laughs> See, there's nothing, Brother Ray, I can do in my own to become righteous. That's why I shared with you last week your responsibility. Watch, watch, watch this. Oh, man. Are y'all here? Notice I shared with you last week man's effort to become right before God by keeping these various laws that's mentioned here. It was nailed to the cross. You have been reprieved from those requirements. Are you here? Okay, okay. I heard that. Uh, he's also saying this. Believers are not. Re- listen, listen how I'm saying this because people always try to contort things. Believers are not required to observe the old covenant laws. At, watch this as a means of earning or maintaining our salvation. Do I still honor God? Yes. Do I still love and honor my mother? Yes. Should I not covet my neighbor? You sure shouldn't. So, so, so the, no, what he's saying, these things aren't a requirement to, to, as a means of earning or maintaining your salvation. You see the difference? Because when you start teaching this type of gospel message, the truth, man of God, people... Always, they start, they, they say that you're preaching antinomian, antinomianism, anti-against-nomi law, which means anti-law or against the law. So a lot of people say, the, uh, listen, the, the message of grace is not against the law. But people will try to tell you that, oh, no, that the message of grace is not living moral free. That's not the message of grace. As a matter of fact, if you really love the Lord, you're going to keep his commandments. Talking about his word. So this is not, this is not living without any restraint. See, you, you misunderstood. If that's what you believe this is, this is not that gospel. Are you here? Put up 1 John 5, 3 for me. But man's effort, beloved, trying to become right before God by keeping the law, it was nailed to the cross. Are you here? Let let, let me show you something real, real quick. Uh, Well, well, look, having, oh, 1 John 5, 3. For this is the love of God that we would keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. So, so, so if, if you really love God, you're not going to live any kind of way. Why? Because when I, what's that word you used last week? Homologia? So when I live in agreement, I'm going to love what he love and hate what he hate. And not be afraid to proclaim that. Are you here? So, so it's not giving you a pass to live lawlessly. But what he's saying is that the keeping of the law is not in no ways how you earn your salvation, nor is it how you maintain it. 
They couldn't do it. Why? Because it was hostile toward them. And if they couldn't do it, Galatians 3 and 3. Let me show you something. Let me do the Amplify. I see I'm not going to get to where I wanted to start, so. Religion, I'm telling you, what man has imposed has burdened the people of God, man. And now, and you hear people against the gospel message not seeing the multitudes that are being liberated. Then, then, the, then the man who condemning folk got a, and God bless whoever, got a good four or five, six people preaching bondage and not looking at these people have been set free and they are living in the freedom whereby Christ has set them free. But I'm over here holding folk in bondage and wonder why people won't run to that. Too, too many restrictions. Too many rules. <laughs> it's quiet. Are you so foolish and senseless, having begun your new life? How? By faith in Christ with the Spirit. Are you now being perfected and reaching spiritual maturity by the flesh? That is... By your own works and efforts to keep the law? See, they, they were falling back into the same thing. Pe pe religious people trying to hold him to the law. So Paul said, listen, do you think that's how it's, it's, it's about what you do? You've been foolish. Senseless. Look at verse 13, same chapter. Christ purchased our freedom come out the field and redeemed us from the curse of the law and its condemnation by becoming what hey, do you see this Galatians no wonder so I was wondering why y'all was quiet Galatians 3.13. <laughs> Are y'all here? Uh, <clears throat> Galatians 3.13. We've seen Galatians 3. Now we've seen 13. Let's read this out loud. Christ purchased our freedom and redeemed us from the curse of the law and its condemnation by becoming a curse for... So, so, listen, so stop letting people tell you you are cursed when you don't keep something that was under the old covenant. Why? Because Christ became the curse for you. When, when, when it, where it says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, what that means, the, the law wasn't cursed. He, he, he redeemed us from the curse of the law. The curse of the law was the penalties that was imposed on the people for not keeping the law. So what should have happened as a result of not keeping it? Christ redeemed us from that. Matter of fact, you weren't under that covenant anyway. We are born under the new covenant. 
if people would just study their Bibles. And, and again, what, what's been happening, man, God, we, it's just been handed down and we're taking the baton and running, asking no questions. Let's go back to Colossians 2, verse 15. I want to show you something. Where are we at? Verse 15. God disarmed the principalities and the powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them and triumphing over them in him and in it and in it the cross. Here, oh, here's where I was trying to start. Verse 16. Therefore, listen. Let no one. See, sometimes y'all see people in there, give honor to whom honor is due. Okay? You see people in their civic attire or their vestments, the clergy of pearl. Don't let that pump fear in you. Because just because I have a collar don't mean I'm above error. So I may come to you all dressed in my vestments, but you got to make sure that this word has been rightly divided. Except out of fear, you let me keep you bound because I look deep. Because I look religious. Give up. God... Verse 16, therefore, let, look, I'm not studying anybody. Because some of these, ah, Shaba, because some of these same people, members, are inboxing me saying, thank you for clarity. So I'm not studying who don't like this and who get, not worry about revving them. Rev, rev them don't take care of me. God bless everybody. Rev ain't taking care of me. The, the, the apostle not taking care of me. The right reverend. No, no, no. God is my source. And what we should be doing as leaders is, is bringing our minds together and holding each other accountable and make sure that we're teaching the pure gospel of Jesus Christ. And you know why some, I submit, are afraid? Because, watch this, they're going to lose a sense of that micromanaging control. That, 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 that I, don't, I don't know, I'm so used to controlling you, I don't, I don't know how it's going to feel me not controlling you. Huh? So you better tithe or you're going to have a tree going to fall on your house. And see, that's fear. And they're telling people. See, and see, it's, if I rightly divide the word, I can teach it in its purity and not, it doesn't have to be taught in bondage and fear. <laughs> then too, God cursed the ground, not man. That's why he said that I would not allow the devourer, watch this, to disrupt the fruit of your ground. 
See, God, he blessed you in Genesis 1. If you remember when Adam abdicated the promise, he said, curse be the ground. And in it you shall toil. See, you don't went from resting in God to your effort now. Get, listen, get, you, go back and get that series, Tithing Under the Covenant of Grace. If you're watching, if you're here, you want more clarity on that. But we're talking about being trapped by traditions right now. Ver, verse 16, therefore, let no one. I don't care how high they appear in the pulpit. Give honor to honor to whom is due, but let no one sit in judgment. Therefore, let no one sit in judgment on you in matters of food, drink, or with regard to a feast day or a new moon or a Sabbath. Such things are only the shadow. Listen, just, let's just read. Such things are only what? A shadow of things that are what? To come. And they have only, and they have only a what? Symbolic value. But the reality, the substance, ATL's finest. Are you here? The solid fact is what foreshadowed, what? The body of it, which belongs to Christ. Christ is the fulfillment of the, that's why the scripture tells us he is Lord of the Sabbath. <laughs> Dealing with the Sabbath part. Let, let me give you this and get to a place of close. Now, verse 16, 17, this is what Paul is saying. Paul is warning the Colossians against trading their freedom in Christ, man of God. For a set of useless, man-made, legalistic rules. See, li listen, legalism is powerless to save or to restrain. It exasperates you. You hear me? So, so you had these false teachers that were trying to impose various dietary regulations. Listen, I don't care nothing for pork. I don't eat pork because I, I, like, I like how I feel, how I look. It, I don't eat it not because of religious reasons. Because I like the way I feel, health-wise. But I'm not going to preach condemnation to you other pork lovers, and you can't eat pork. Don't let me judge you in that matter. You can eat the pig from the rooter to the tutor. That's between you and just, just, hey, just sanctify first. Are you here? And see, we let people hold us to things. I heard that. I'm getting barbecued today. <laughs> treat yourself. Yeah, treat yourself. You, you, you have beat yourself far too long. Treat yourself. Girl, I'm going to Cracker Barrel and get that country ham. Drink plenty of water out because that salt would take your blood pressure all the way up. <laughs> so, so these false teachers were trying to impose these various, and, and, and they came, and probably from stemming from the law, the, the Mosaic law. Watch this. Listen to me very carefully. Paul saying, this is what he's saying, man of God. Since you guys are under the new covenant, talking about the Colossians as well as all believers today, 
They were not listen, they were not obligated, Sister Wilson, to observe the Old Testament dietary restrictions. Now, there's nothing wrong, again, we just celebrated Passover, uh, uh, resurrected different things. There's nothing wrong with observing those things or celebrating those things, but it's not by command. Notice, Jesus is the reality of those things. So if you celebrate, celebrate because you're remembering the significance of it, not we bound by this. New moon. Are you here? The various services or the Sabbath. Now, let me get to a place to close. I want to say this. The New Testament, someone said New Testament, clearly teaches or we have scripture that support that the believer is not required to keep the Sabbath or the Sabbat, which for them, uh, it was the seventh day. The first day of the week on the Jewish calendar starts on Sunday. So Sabbat was Friday afternoon to Saturday afternoon. Okay? So notice, he says these are a shadow. Or a, the, the, look, Christ is the reality of those things. I'm going to show you. Watch this. These things were merely... Shadows pointing to Christ. Since Christ, the reality has come, the shadows have no value. Jesus is our Sabbath. He is our Sabbath. Let me, let, let, me, let me show you something real quick. Let me get to a place to stop. Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Sabbath. It means to rest or to cease from work. What does it mean? To rest or to cease from work. If you remember under the Mosaic law. People were constantly laboring to make themselves acceptable to God. There was a myriad of do's and don'ts. You had the civil laws, the ceremonial laws, the temple laws. So there was all of these laws that they had to keep in order to be right before God. And and you can see uh, this in Exodus. If you want to put up Exodus uh, 20, verse 8 through 10, something like that. Notice, there were six days work, but on the seventh day, Israel was to take rest. Your sons, your daughters, if you had visitors, strangers, they were to rest. The, uh, uh, y- your animals was a day of rest. There was, there was to be no labor. So for them, it was a reminder that God created the universe in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. No, let's look at this. Verse 8 says, remember what? The Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, here's where a lot of the misunderstanding comes in. Today, more emphasis is put on the day of worship rather than it being a day of rest. See, it wasn't so much about the day, the particular day as being holy, as what was supposed to happen on that day. It was a day of rest. See, there were temple worship every day or daily. So when, when, when people argue about a, a Saturday or Sunday, no, no, it, it, it wasn't, it was what's supposed to take place on the day. Are you here? Didn't you have people arguing, you know, should it be held on Saturday? Should it be held on Sunday? That is not, see, that is not what the Sabbath command was. 
the Sabbath command was don't do any work that day. Y'all missed it. The command was on that day, don't do any work. Are you here? So if I'm serving, I'm working. Y'all missing it? If I'm running around, if I'm doing that, I'm working. But it's supposed to be a day of do nothing. Who's getting this? We're going to look at the word, okay? Because when you say this, people always remember the Sabbath. This, the command was do no work on the Sabbath. Let me sh- let's go to Mark. Let me let me get, let me I stepped in. Let me show you something. Mark 2, 27 and 28. Y'all here? Now here, here, here we see Jesus is responding to an accusation. Are you here? Where his disciples uh, they were accused of, of breaking the law because they plucked uh, heads of grain on the Sabbath. So again, accusation. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Do you see this? Jesus is restating the purpose of the Sabbath rest. It was, listen, it was instituted, Brother Rudolph, to relieve you of your labor. Remember, don't do anything on this day. So the keeping it holy wasn't the day. It was keeping it holy by resting just as God did. See, there was supposed to be no work. So if I was working, then I'm not keeping it holy. Are you here? So just as Christ came to relieve us, watch this, of our attempting to achieve salvation by our own works, we no longer, listen, we no longer rest for only one day, but forever cease of our laboring to attain God's favor. That was the purpose of Christ. Notice it was a type. It was a shadow. Someone say, Jesus is our rest from works. Well, look at verse 28. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. He is Lord of the day of rest. Are you here? See, notice, again, the Pharisees, had lifted their own rules to the levels of God's, placing onerous burdens on people. And they called themselves rebuking the Lord himself. But Jesus was proclaiming to the world, especially to the legalistic Pharisees, that he was greater than the law and above the law of Moses. Notice, this was God in the flesh. That's why the law ended with him. He is the fulfillment of the law. Are you here? Let me show you something real quick. Acts 27. So so the thing is, it's not so much about the day as it is what was supposed to be taking place. So as I've stated for years, if you choose to worship on Saturday, do it as unto the Lord. But don't knock the man who worship on Sunday. And the man who worship on Sunday, don't knock the people who choose to worship on Saturday if they're doing it as unto the Lord. Let's, let's look at this. Are you here? You guys still here? Or you want me to give it to you next week? 
Well, since I'm here, let me go and get it out. Watch this. Verse, uh, Acts 20, verse 7. Huh? Acts 20, verse 7. The, yeah. Acts 2-0. Let's see. Okay, watch this. Now, on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until night. On the first day, which was a Sunday. Sunday was the day that the church gathered for worship. He said the first day. Well, on the Jewish calendar, that's a Sunday. So I'm making a point here that Saturday, if you do it on Saturday, don't do it for, re for religious reasons. Because you feel like you're bound by it. Are you here? Matter of fact, the writings of the early church fathers would confirm that the worship on Sundays continued throughout the New Testament period. So notice the Sabbath was the sign of the Mosaic Covenant, right? Whereas Christians are under the New Covenant. And there is no, and I, see, again, when people try to make things, give them scripture, there is no New Testament command to keep the Sabbath. Paul never cautions Christians to, uh, about breaking the Sabbath, and the New Testament explicitly teaches that Sabbath keeping was not a requirement. And I'm saying it because if you do it, you should be doing it out of freedom, not out of religious constraint. Are you here? The ritual, ceremonies, festivals of the Jewish religious calendar, which God had given, would, would, never, uh, would never require, or he never required those rituals and systems that they were under, under the old covenant, bound us by those same things. That's not for us. Are you here? Matter of fact, Paul warns the Galatians, as he did the Colossians, against legalistically observing them as if they were required by God or could earn favor with him by keeping them. Let me show you something. And I got a couple verses and I'm done. Galatians 4, 10 and 11. Let me show you something. Now, notice I just said, Paul is warning the Galatians, right? Just as he did those of Colossians against legalistic, legalistically observing various days as they're getting, as if they keep them, they will get favor from God. He's warning them against that, right? That's, I, I gave you that first, okay? Verse 10, you observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid for you. Lest I have labored for you in vain. See, they were keeping rituals and ceremonies and festivals of the Jewish religious, uh, religious calendar that God had never given or required for them. So he warns them that, man, if you don't come out of that, you're putting yourselves right back in the same bondage. That's why he said, I'm afraid for you, lest you. So, in other words, Paul feared that his effort in establishing and building the Galatian church might prove to be futile if they fell back into legalism. In other words, man, all this is for naught if you fall back into that. That's why in verse chapter 5 he says, man, stand fast in the liberty whereby Christ has set you free. Don't go back to legalism. 
Let's close with this verse. Let's close with these verses. Romans 14, beginning at verse 5. So, the keeping the Sabbath, man of God, was more about what was supposed to happen on the day. See, we get that confused, Brother Damien, with the day. No, it was what's supposed to happen on the day. And on that day, you are not supposed to do. And you have people now abound, missing money because they're told to So if I'm jumping around doing any kind of work on that day, I, I'm, I'm, I'm bound. I'm back up under that system. Because rest means rest. That means you don't. Listen, you get in that bed at sundown Friday, and don't you move until sundown Saturday. That's rest. And if you move, you better be on that couch. Don't, don't cut grass. Don't wash your car. Don't go work overtime. And I'm not making light of it. See, again, even today, people, they, they, they argue over the, 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 the little. They miss the significance of the whole matter by bickering over little things. It, it wasn't about the day. It was what was supposed to happen on that day. One person. See, again, that's why. I have, I have friends who worship on very, the, they, Seventh Day Adventist or whatever. Hey, hey I, I got no problem with you, bro. If you serve the true and living God, as long as you're doing it under the wise, it's not about a day, sir. I understand that. I've been educated on that, but this is the day we choose. That's fine. But it shouldn't be done because we think it's a religious requirement. See, watch this. One person esteems one day above another. Another person esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day, observe it, observes it to the Lord. So if you're doing it on Saturday, do it unto the Lord. If you're doing it on Sunday, do it as unto the Lord. And those who do not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. See, I could be doing it out of religious uh, rituals, and, and still I'm not doing it as unto the Lord because I'm doing it by requirement. So am I really doing it unto the Lord if I'm doing it against what he says? Are you here? He who eats, back to the food. I, some of you I've been to dinner with, and you ate a rack of ribs while I had a nice salad. But I didn't condemn you. Why? Because if, 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 if you want to eat a rack of ribs, that's you. So I'm not, do you see the point? Not, I can't eat with you. If you're going to eat, if you're going to be eating that pig, if you're going to be eating that swine, I can't go to dinner with you. See, now you've been foolish. Are you here? So, 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 (laughs) so, so verse six, he who observes the day, observe it to the Lord, and he who does not observe it to the Lord, does not observe it. Uh, verse, he who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives what? God thanks. Hey, just sanctify first. 
I, you New Testaments, y'all be quoting it. Nothing is to be refused. <laughs> if it's sanctified. Are you here? It, the point is, don't let people condemn you on what day you worship, nor let people condemn you, condemn you for what you eat. This is what he says. See, again, all that other stuff, we're trying to, if, 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 if that is the case, now I'm trying to be made right by God by eating a certain food. And you're trying to establish your righteousness by eating a certain food or worshiping on a certain day. Are you here? He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he who gives uh, God thanks, and he who does not eat to the Lord does not eat and, and gives God thanks. Let's read on down to verse, about, uh, verse 10 or 11. Let's see. Um, verse 7. Wait, verse 7. For no one, for uh, none of us lives what? To himself, and no one dies to himself. Verse 8. For if we live, we live to who? The Lord. And if we die, we die who? To the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are what? The Lord's. For, for to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother? Why are we arguing over what day and what we can eat and what we can't eat? We all belong to the Lord. What we fussing about? Are you here? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Why do we judge our brothers? And that's a religion has caused many men, man's religion has, has caused man to judge the fish before they catch the fish. And oh, oh, listen, the Holy Spirit. And the only new converts, I just heard this, and for a lot of them, the only new converts are of those who are born to those who are part of those organizations. There's no real new conversion. And watch this. And many of them are, are, are bound by it through mama and them. Why? Because I was born into it. And it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. Religion, oh, I, I, let me say this again, and I'll close with this statement again. And remember this. Religion micromanages you. What does religion do? I had all these notes. <laughs> Religion micromanages you through the controlling of outward works. So if I'm being made to worship on a certain day, see, that's controlled by outward works. If I've been made to eat a certain thing, see, now I'm being, or not to eat a certain thing because of religious reasons. See, now, now, I'm being controlled by outward works. 
Do you really think what you eat or don't what you eat makes you holy before God? Think of that. Do you really believe that? You'll be amazed at how many people are bound by that very thought that it's worshiping on a certain day. No, it's what was supposed to take place on that day. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.